You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Life Made New is the series we've been looking at and that I've been taking a completely different direction (laughs) than the one that uh, was introduced or suggested. Um, We have the the devotional booklet out there that you're free to take and to to look at. I think you'll find just the revelation of, of... God's message that comes through the natural order of, of the caterpillar and the butterfly to be just a, a powerful expression of, of the resurrection, of the death and resurrection of Jesus. I think you'll really, really enjoy that. We've taken some of the other uh, Easter devotional series and we put them out there so that you could have them to, uh, to go through Holy Week this week uh, as well as come to the church and pray during normal office hours, uh, just to come and, and to enjoy the presence of the Lord. Um, sometimes we get to this point in anticipation of Resurrection Sunday. Does anybody feel some enthusiasm? Besides Linda and Lisa? Your name starts with an L. <laughs> Anybody who's an L? Okay, we got... You know, it, it, this is a great time of the year. To, uh, people are more apt to receive an invitation to come to church at Easter time th- than almost any other time of the year. Easter and Christmas are the times. And I, I know sometimes as, as old traditional church folks that are faithful every day, we... We look at those that come at Easter and Christmas as second-class citizens in, in the kingdom. You know, they should be here every Sunday. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's get rid of that religious attitude and let's take advantage of one of the great opportunities that we have to invite as many friends. We've got space. Uh, as many friends as you would like and invite them to come to church and... Uh, we will definitely be sharing the gospel and there'll be an opportunity for those that don't know Jesus uh, to come to know him. But I'm hoping that it's going to be a Holy Spirit bust the door down, <laughs> blow out uh, healings, yes. uh, prophetic words given to people that will transform them. Not just information, not just words of knowledge, but we're praying for the word of the Lord that comes that that makes a life-changing difference. That's what we're looking for. And so let's be ready. Uh, As believers, we need to be prayed up, filled up, ready to leak all over the place and and just bless all that that come around us. So let's do that all week. And so we'll be really fine-tuned, hitting on all cylinders on Sunday and ready to, to see what's going to happen I think it's going to be a marvelous day, just an absolutely wonderful day. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. It'll be up on the the slides so that you can can follow. It's a passage you're familiar with in Romans. Uh, It's a great Palm Sunday message. (laughs) 
You know the Palm, story, Palm Sunday story, right? Yeah. Anybody here doesn't know the Palm Sunday story? Okay. So we'll look at Romans today. That's kind of where my heart was going. Verse 17 of chapter 5 in the Passion Translation. Unfasten your seatbelts so that you can receive everything that the Lord has for us. Death once held us in its grip. That's true. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, everybody say, but now. But now, that, that's the way it was. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace. Oh, you got to say that. Grip of grace. Grab your, grab your neighbor's hand if you can and just take a good grip to remind them that grace has got them. Yeah, the grip of grace. And continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. Ooh, I'm getting goosebumps already. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. So then the law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. Hmm. And yet, whenever sin increased, there was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. And just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin-conquering grace will reign as king throughout righteous, through righteousness, imparting eternal life through Jesus, our Lord and Messiah. Father, we just ask that you would release your Holy Spirit to bring truth to us, to bring revelation to us, to open our minds and our hearts and our spirit and our body to receive the fullness of the gospel of the good news of Jesus. And so we ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. Mm. Oftentimes when you're looking at the gospel and as Paul's writing to the church at Rome, you'll find that he, he's using uh, the, the structure of contrast. He's saying, this is what it was, this is what it is. You know, this is the effects of disobedience, this is the effects of, you know, one man's blunder. Oh, I like that. One man's blunder, and here's all the consequences. And here's one righteous sacrifice. Boom, boom, boom. And he puts it through there, and we see all the things. How's that? How's that come to Palm Sunday? 
Because Palm Sunday, Jesus is coming in as the king. He's coming in as the king and everybody's celebrating him because they've heard him. They've seen the miracles, the healings that he's done. They saw how he lived his life and they came to the conclusion that this is the Messiah. The only thing that they didn't understand was that the Messiah was going to be crucified. They didn't understand the aspect of the Messiah as being a suffering Messiah, a Messiah that would lay down his life and go through the passion. Why? <laughs> so we would have victory, That's complete right. victory. I think the good news of, of, of Palm Sunday today, as we look at life made new, learning how to rise, many of us have it in our, in our understanding. We've got good doctrine and we've read We've read Paul, we've, we've read the scriptures, we're, we've been in the New Testament. We understand that we're dead to sin, but we're alive to God and through Christ Jesus, that we walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. We don't walk according to the, the lusts of, of our sinful behavior, our sinful desires, but, but that we're walking in true, true desire to know Him, to love Him, to walk in the Spirit. And so as, as we, we understand all of that, we see how incredibly wonderful and complete is the atoning work of Jesus. His death upon the cross, the three days in the grave, and on the third day rising. How incredibly wonderful it is. So we're looking at what happened before, and before it's, we had a problem. We had a huge problem. Death had us. We were in the grips of death, of sin. <laughs> Through disobedience of one, death became king over all. Mm. We were condemned. There wasn't a day that we didn't feel condemnation. <laughs> we were sinners. And sin reigned through death. Boy, Jesus is amazing. That was our situation before we came to Christ. That was what we knew. And as we lived on, on planet Earth, we, we found all sorts of ways to try, to try to deny that, try to hide that, try to look good, try to be good moral people, try to do all the things that we, we could possibly think of so that we would not appear on the outside the way we felt on the inside. And so we did all the externals, did the things that we thought would, would make us more acceptable, pleasing. How do we get uh, God to like us? How do we get others to like us? How do I get to like myself? What do I do to do that? And, and so we would try to do all the, the good works. We'd try to do all the things that we, we knew to do. We would try to change our attitude. We'd, we'd be a part of every self-help group we could think of. You know, how are we going to get through all this? But Jesus. But now, Jesus has come. See, through Adam's sin... Satan got control of the area that we were supposed to rule. It was the area that God had created. It belonged to God. 
And as Jesus comes and lives in such an incredibly righteous, sacrificial, loving way, he presents an offering, a sacrifice that is absolutely perfect. The solution is a sin-conquering grace. (laughs) The gift of perfect righteousness. I don't know about you, but that word righteousness is starting to really take on a a greater reality in my heart than I'd ever, ever really used. Before, I think righteousness always stayed in my theological head, and and I I understood the righteous for the unrighteous, and I I understood the righteous blood of Jesus, and I understood the righteousness of God, and, and all the things that are right about righteousness pretty much stayed in my head. But as they get into your heart, it begins to affect the way you see everything. When you start to understand the perfect righteousness of Jesus is now yours. He's credited that to your account. He became sin so that we could become righteous. Wow. It starts to take on a whole new concept. We were held in the grip of grace Oh, I love this. I love the language that Brian Simmons has in the Passion Translation. Reigning as kings in life. Queen Debbie, how are you? Queen Lisa, King Jim. The regal freedom. The regal freedom that we have. Wow. Enjoy that. You are free as a king. And a queen. You know, I've been meditating on on what that looks like. Regal freedom. If I were the king of the forest. (laughs) (laughs) You start start looking at what, what would you do if you were the king or the queen? I mean, they're not bound. There's great freedom. They're bound to the nature of love. But if they, if they want to watch the Masters Golf Tournament, they can do it. Matter of fact, if they wanted to go to the Masters Golf Tournament, I imagine they could get a ticket. Just to think what it is like to enjoy the regal freedom that we have. Yet many times I find myself living as though I'm still a slave, as though I'm still a pauper, as though I'm still one that is trying uh, to get his head above water. And here it says, enjoying our regal freedom. Yeah. Through the gift of perfect righteousness in Jesus, our Messiah. So let's look at a couple of these expressions. Through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice. We'll never be able to fully comprehend how righteous and perfect the sacrifice of Jesus is. And many of us, we don't live as though if we had a revelation of how how perfect and righteous his sacrifice was, we would stop trying to fall into the performance trap of trying to somehow earn more forgiveness. And that's the truth. The good news today is that you have been forgiven 
You are forgiven. You will be forgiven. You are eternally forgiven. You are forgiven of all that you've done, all that you've thought, all that you've desired is forgiven in Christ Jesus. From, from a human-centered focus, oftentimes we, we look at the gospel in light of our own reality, and we, we forget that this is, a, this is a gospel that transcends our reality. It comes from above. It comes from heaven to earth. And the reality of the righteousness of Jesus and the perfection of his sacrifice is more than all that we can ever, ever achieve. And we know that intellectually, but the way we live, oftentimes it's not that way. We still live as though it's still up to us. And when we do that and we buy into that little, little deception that there's something that we still have to exert in order to receive the fullness of favor, we do an injustice. We, we do a revelation of how much we do not understand the perfection of the righteous sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah. You know, when I think of uh, the author of Hebrews and he's talking about the blood of Jesus as being superior to the blood of bulls and goats, the animal sacrificial system, you know, the blood of Jesus, and I heard one minister say that just one drop of Jesus' blood is so powerful. One drop of Jesus' blood atones for all sins of the universe. It's like, whoa. Infect me with that blood. Let that blood be applied to me. And when we get a revelation of that, then our striving, our fretting, our, our worrying, because anytime we think that it's still up to us, the enemy can mess with us because he could, he's, he's really good at pointing out where we're still coming up a little bit on the deficit side. It's not enough. You know, even if we've had a wonderful day and we had our A game going all day long, there's still something that he, can, that he can raise. And so we never enter into the rest. The rest that we truly have in Christ Jesus in his perfect, perfect, righteous sacrifice. It's absolutely perfect. And when we come into that and we rest in that, then we can relate. The whole purpose of a perfect Righteous sacrifice is so that you can relate to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's so that you can have relationship to where you're not worried about all the things that you still have to do to achieve worthiness, but now because you have received the perfect righteous sacrifice of Jesus, you're in a position where you can rest and know there's nothing else that you have to do. But now you're free to use your regal freedom to spend time with the Father, to spend time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to spend time with the Holy Spirit and to really connect with him in a way that we never even dreamed of. Yeah. Yeah.
Through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, we experience perfect righteousness. It's not a performance-based righteousness. It's not a righteousness of effort. It's a righteousness that totally, completely belongs to Jesus and him alone. And it's been bestowed to us. It's perfect righteousness. And what does this righteousness do? It makes us right with God. Right with God. I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I don't feel right with God, there's always something that I think I have to do so that I can come into his presence. It's part of the shame factor. It's part of, of, of not really understanding the perfect righteousness of Jesus' sacrifice. When, when I don't want to do that, when I come into his presence, I just feel kind of incomplete, empty. Uh, there's something I, I should say or do, or you know, maybe I should stand on my head and quote scripture or, or intercede for others or do something instead of just understanding that that perfect righteous sacrifice is so that I can be there fully accepted in right relationship with God. The Holy Spirit, help us understand where we're standing right now with the Father. Help us understand right now what does right relationship for the Father? What is there in being in that position in Christ in a right relationship with the Father that we have yet to understand or experience yet? Holy Spirit, come, reveal that to us. Show that to us. Help us to connect in a way that we can move toward that reality and know it. I don't know if you remember the other day when I was, when I was teaching and I was talking, I was talking about here, here's the things that I believe and I'm, I'm 100% true. I know, I know, I know that this is true in God. And over here is the section of stuff that I'm pretty certain is true. Over 50%. Not completely, but... Uh, and then over here is things I don't even have a clue that are true about God and what he has for me. And I don't even know, I don't even know that they're there. Anybody remember that? When it comes to the perfect, righteous sacrifice of Jesus, there's certain parts of that I understand. And I, and I really, I, I'm thankful that I understand it. And there's some things that I, I think I know, but I'm not sure exactly whether you apply it this way or that way. And I think there are things over here about the perfect, righteous sacrifice of Jesus that we haven't even scratched to understand what all of that has for us. The posture that we have is we got to believe with what we know we believe, and then we got to open ourselves to be able to receive more. And then we just got to give the Holy Spirit access to introduce to us the things that we don't even know that we don't know. And for those to get introduced to us. Now, every one of us in here can grow in our revelation 
of what this perfect righteous sacrifice of Jesus has done for us. <laughs> I think when I was like 15, I thought I knew it all. You know, because I experienced it. I, you know, you, you respond to the gospel and get filled with the Holy Spirit and you just feel like you've, you, you know, you're on cloud nine, you know everything there is to know and all this kind of stuff. And you don't have a clue. And probably this category of over here was <sighs> huge. But the older we get, the more we realize he is an infinitely good God. And he delights in making himself known to us. And when we think we've understood his ways, what happens? This is a real question. <laughs> Kevin. Greater revelation. Just as soon as you've seen God has done it this way, what happens? He does it another way. And just as soon as you understand that he can do it this way or this way, now you've doubled the opportunity. He shows you he can do it another way. Jesus is the only way, but in Jesus is an infinite way, an infinite number of ways in which God can function and pour out his love and truth to an individual. Absolutely amazing, amazing. So perfect righteousness, he makes us right with God. He leads us to a victorious life. I know that Graham Cook gets in a lot of flack because of his emphasis on victory and his triumph, uh, the triumphalism. Uh, I, I think I'm, if I have to be identified with someone, I'm gonna go with Graham. I would be rather identified with triumphalist than fatalist. That just thinks, you know, it's not going to happen in our lifetime. It's, it's just not, you know, this is as good as it gets, so let's just dig in and hold until Jesus returns. Instead of having, having a, a, an understanding that I believe is found over and over and over and over in Scripture, that God's desires for us to be victorious. That, he, that one passage in the Psalms talks about the shield of victory, or the shields, plural, of victory. And I, I look at that and I just think, man, he's really, he's really serious about us walking in victory, isn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he says, it's now available to all. And see, that's, that's the thing that gets me. You know, I'm not talking about a sinless perfection, Matter of fact, I'm not even talking about your performance not to sin. I'm talking about your ability to receive the righteous, perfect sacrifice of Jesus that brings you full acceptance with the Father. And out of that relationship, you live and we don't measure ourselves anymore. We live out of the intimacy of that relationship and we stop, we, we take off our uh, sinless Fitbit and, and we turn it in, and we're not going to monitor how many times we sinned today. We're not going to monitor how many times Jim sinned, <laughs> representing others. <laughs> we're not going to monitor the whole sin thing. 
We're going to monitor the righteous, perfect sacrifice of Jesus that brings us into full connection with the Father and enjoy that and live from that place. And we're not going to worry if we make a mistake because the perfect blood has already covered it all. See, this is the problem. I don't, are you guys falling asleep on me? The problem is, is, is that if you, if you really preach the gospel, it, it's so good that it almost sounds like it gives people an excuse to go ahead and live sinfully. And that's, that's what Paul's saying. Should, should we sin? Should sin increase? You know, and, and therefore grace increases, so we should probably sin more, so that grace will increase more. No, 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 no. That's not the way you look at this. The way you look at this is that the perfect righteous sacrifice of Jesus has done something to us whereby we are now fully accepted in the Father. And as we come there, we don't have to monitor our P's and Q's. We get to work on building intimacy and strength of relationship. We get to practice listening for his voice. We get to to swim in the love of his heart. We get to encounter his goodness in so many different ways, at work, in the marketplace, at home. We get to find new ways in which God wants to show us how good he is. And so we go from glory to glory. It's not a get out of jail free card. When we, think of, when, when we think of grace as a get out of jail free card, we're looking at it from a human perspective. We're not looking at it from a divine perspective. God never intended this to be a get out of jail free card because there's no jail. He's not angry with you and he's not seeking to punish you. It's ollie ollie and free and let's have the most intimate relationship while we're still living on planet Earth. Amen. Mm. Amen. Lord have mercy. Well, he throws in the old obedience word. One man's obedience opened the door <laughs> to be made perfectly right with God. And that's once again relationship. Full acceptable, full, full acceptance were acceptable to him. Whenever sin increased, more than enough of God's grace would triumph all the more. All the more. Sin will never have the last word. Sin will never have the last word. Matter of fact, sin should start leaving our conversation with God. Not our awareness. We'll always always have awareness. It's not that we're going to think that we're perfect and that we, we glow with divine halos and So if you want to do a portrait, put a little halo around. No. But sin's just not going to be the focus. It's not going to be the conversation that we have. I wish I had a nickel for all the times I've been with church people and we're talking about sin. Oh, my. All the times that we we talk about sin, it's just like... Yeah, I understand it to a point. 
But I think our conversation should be more on, oh, I wonder how the perfect righteousness of Jesus wants to be in so-and-so's life. Let's pray that way. First for me, don't want the log and the splinter. Mm-hmm. I love sin-conquering grace. Oh, sin-conquering grace. We will reign as kings through righteousness. And in that righteous king is the impartation of eternal life. So life made new, learning how to rise, how to really appropriate the resources that we have through this perfect, righteous sacrifice of Christ. <laughs> well, we're perfectly right with God. Jesus is the perfect, perfect sacrifice. We're, we, we realize that it leads us to victory. It leads us to a victorious life. Amen. That we're acceptable to him and that Jesus has imparted eternal life that begins the day we receive Jesus. It begins the day we receive and never, never ends. Okay? Now that's good news. That's good news. If you don't know Jesus, today's a good day to know Jesus. If you want to know Jesus more intimately because of the perfect righteous sacrifice of Jesus, you can know him beyond your wildest imagination. Let's take a moment right now. Just close our eyes and imagine what is the next step in a deeper, intimate relationship with God the Father, with the Lord Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to give revelation and to open our understanding, expand our hearts, and we give you permission to make known something that before you made it known, we didn't know. I believe the power of the gospel, the power of the truth of God's word, when we receive it and believe it, has the ability to take whatever, whatever kind of trap that the enemy has had us in. If, if, if there's a, a, an image of um, kind of like you're in chains, you, you're in bondage, there's, there's something that has got a grip of you uh, it's time to let the grip of grace grab you and for Jesus' perfect righteous sacrifice free you from all other grips. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would break off addiction in any manifestation. I pray, Father, that you would release your Holy Spirit in a way that would uh, 
give us the grace to lay down partial understandings of doctrine that have held us uh, in prison and hasn't freed us, hasn't really brought the liberty that your word was sent to bring. I pray for the freedom to enjoy life and to exercise our freedom as as monarchs, (laughs) regal freedom, being able to royally choose to enter into the throne room and be with the King of Kings. Hmm. So come, Holy Spirit. Free us from those things physically that would would restrict and limit and and bind us. I pray, Father, for a great release of healing grace. That which (laughs) I sense you said this is the preoperative moments, that which you've been been saturating and soaking us in, I pray now, Lord, that there would be a release of healing grace to heal bodies, minds, spirits. Mm. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.